Yo, yo, what is up? It is your boy, Admiral Yi, and I'm here today to say fuck the Japanese. I'll be your host today on the Generic Lucky Shoe Podcast. Today we have Asian John and the Generic T-Girl, along with MC Lucky. So let's go for it. What are we Hello. doing today? Hello. Hi. I'm doing good. How's everybody else doing? I'm uh, living. pretty good. Thriving. Living the dream. Hell yeah. Yeah, and Trump's sick with COVID, so hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's Jesus pretty much Christ. the news for today, huh? Basically, yeah. honestly. Oh, that and the debate. That follows right after the debate, too. That's wild. It's, just, <laughs> it's been a weird couple of days, honestly. <laughs> yeah. He's probably it just like, too. I don't want to do another one of those debates. I'm just going to get COVID. What did you just get one of his one of his colleagues to cough at him <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'll be fine i have hydrochloroquine he's like i'm too old for this shit i'm gonna get covid call it a day <laughs> I, I just imagine something imagine if he actually like gets like he, like he recovers from covid right goes to the next to the debate just to get covid again <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of uh have you guys ever played plague inc no, I've oh, seen that. Yeah. yeah, you get one of these messages that says the president is ill, and we don't know if he's going to make it out of this alive. We don't know when he's going to recover. That just that just remind me of that. Are you trying to say that the infection on Trump is a gamer move? Yeah, it's a total gamer move. Pro gamer move. Oh, yes. I mean, this is a right. Twenty twenty is God's playthrough of plague. Plaguing. Oh god. If anyone's gonna good. win, it's him. Oh no. It's not good. <laughs> I don't oh jeez, oh frick, go oh, heck. It's not gonna kill everybody on Earth, because that's the point of Plague Inc. You have to kill every single person on Earth. Yeah, God isn't very good at it. Yeah. He, this is just God Thanos snapping. Right? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's dark. Um, so yeah, he's, he's got COVID. I wonder what, if it's mild or not. I guess we'll see over the next couple weeks, huh? It seems mild so far. And he recently made a speech and he was sitting upright on a desk, thanking all of his supporters and his colleagues about how much of a wonderful job they're doing. It's amazing how unhealthy of a guy he is if he's just going to be fine. Yeah. It's surprising if he's completely fine with how unhealthy his lifestyle is. That seems pretty in line. Drinking Diet Coke and eating McDonald's all the time. Isn't he, like, how old is he? He is the oldest elected president, I think, in U.S. history. He's in his 80s now? He's very old. Let me double check. I'm going to search up his age real quick for you guys. 71? Uh, 74. 74. 74. As an old man. Yeah, that's pretty damn old. What was that, man? Yeah, 74 and overweight. Yeah. I don't know Trump's BMI. Yeah, he definitely is a little chunky, that's for sure. How old is Biden? 70, uh, also 70-something? Let's check. 77, I think. 77, yes. He is older than Trump. Dude. Yeah, yeah, he's 77. Like, why? 
He's not even a boomer. He's a, he's part of the silent generation. Why are we electing he, people that are like de- they could dead ass die any year, and it wouldn't be like they would die a little bit young, maybe, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be that surprising. Honestly, yeah. like I just realized something, guys. So that means for two presidencies in a row, if if Biden were to win the election, does that mean for two presidencies in a row we top oldest president elected? Yeah. And then also he'd probably he'd have the incumbent advantage and probably win the next time. And we would have an over 80-year-old president. He'd be 85 by finishing his second term. Oh my fucking god. That's scary. <laughs> I don't want that. Dude, that's a dinosaur. Dude, imagine how different the world was 80 years ago. Oh, dude, Marcus, do you want to know what year he was born? Oh, what year? He's born in fucking 1942. He was born during World War II. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, silent gen. What the fuck? He's not, he's not a boomer. He's older than that. He's the, he's the generation that's just... like Yeah, yeah. They, 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 didn't, they weren't part of the baby boomers. They just were kids during the, the greatest generation when they fought World War II. He's probably still like, yeah. oh my god, how do they fit the color into these TVs? <laughs> Honestly, that's actually kind of crazy to think about. Sometimes it's hard to grasp just how much technology would have evolved from his point. Yeah, so yeah. We, we had, there was, was there color by that point? We had TV, but was there color by that point? No, color would have been past Kennedy's years. Yeah. It would have been like early Nixon, I think, oh, or even later. Like early 60s is color television or was that late 50s i think it's even past six i think late 60s maybe but at least they like had film like, like the invention actually... of film was like but there was no internet obviously that's no. like that's yeah. a lot of people though that's that's a lot of people that were running existed before internet was i think i mean technically um i mean i don't remember the worldwide web getting made so I guess it's always been around as far as I can remember, but for our generation at least, as far as I can recollect. Yeah, I mean, I think technically we were born before the World Wide Web was really established, but uh, I can't remember that far back. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I still remember dial-up connection. Oh God, I remember that too. When when my mom had that old 1995 Pack Bell. God, that thing was such a piece of shit. Internet was so slow as hell. It took like five minutes to load one page. Relatable. It took like, and sometimes it can take up to two hours just to download something. Well, not two hours. It probably took days to download something. And whenever you tried to go online, it, like if somebody was using the phone, you couldn't use the internet. I don't oh. know why, but it was just it was so bad back then. Marcus, do you remember dial-up? I don't know. Oh my god! I don't remember very f- far back, actually. Really? <laughs> I feel like my first like concrete memories come from hmm, elementary school, like fifth or sixth grade. Oh, I remember really? Some from one through four, like a lit. Those aren't concrete memories, though. Those are just like snippets. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, really? I really don't. I... I don't remember that far back. I remember my my preschool days. Same. Yeah, I'm I'm a weird one. 
I don't I know used to come that. The older I get, I, I get like some more memory actually, but maybe it's just constructed, you know? I'm not sure if it's authentic memory or if I am constructing the memory. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's weird. I talk to people and they remember like way farther back than I do. I'm like, that's it's wild to me. You remember preschool? Both of you do? I do. Yeah. I remember going to this. Yeah, going to preschool in Washington State. It was called the Enterprise. Apparently the apparently the the people who ran it were Trekkies or something. I fucking know. How but I remember old? the school. Oh. Sorry, can't you continue. I remember the school was just like a block away from the house. And we had a lot, and our house was a lot bigger back then. Like, in, in Washington. Like, compared to what we have now. Wait, but, yeah. You lived in Washington? Yeah, Washington State. What? And it, <laughs> called, you never knew this? I told you a couple of times. I mean, I probably fucking forgot suburb. it. <laughs> yeah, we lived, we lived in a suburb of Seattle in a town called Federal Way. That's I just remember that it just, it rained a lot. The temperature was always around 60 or 70 degrees. Um, it never snowed. Maybe it snowed like up to an inch, but I was always disappointed around winter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you get plenty of snow. Although it hasn't actually yeah, been snowy the past few years. But that's alright. We'll get back up there, hopefully. How old are you in preschool? What age is that? I think like three or four. Jesus. I was four. Yeah, I definitely don't have memories from that that long ago. I remember peeing in the sandbox. <laughs> alright. <laughs> I remember... <laughs> I remember puking in my mom's car several times when I had oh. some stomach virus. I think I remember doing that too, and like spilling of grape soda constantly on the couch to the point where like nobody would just sit on the couch because I would spill soda on it constantly. <laughs> I remember when I first moved here to Minnesota, I took a look at our new crappy house that was built in the 70s. I mean, we did a shit ton of renovation. Like we got new floorings, we... We sectioned out a couple of rooms, but you know when we first came here, it was terrible. And the first thing I said, my four my four year old self was like, "Let's go back to Washington and let's kill them. Let's kill the people that brought us here." <laughs> Whoa! Wow. Yeah. My mom was not happy with that. You know that actually tracks with what I remember of you when we were younger. You were a freak. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was a total freak, total degen. I'm still a degenerate now, but I'm less of a degenerate. Soy boy degenerate. Soy boy degenerate. Has the golden one made anything recently? Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty consistent. I have not watched him lately because you know I can't look at him. You're just ashamed. Yeah, I'm ashamed because he cut his hair. Oh, he oh yeah, you told me that. Yeah, it's just, just like, he's so hard to look at now. He he looks like that one guy I despise. No longer a juicy, uh, what's what's a Norwegian? Wait, 
Fuck, he's not even not even Norwegian, is he? What is he? Uh, he's Swedish. That's that's Norse. That's close yeah. enough. A, a a juicy Swedish ski soldier. There we go. The Swedes had the <laughs> ski soldiers, right, John? Oh, they probably would, be considering the climate, the the climate and like the landscape. Yeah, there's like, oh, it, I only know it because of Civilization and my brother talking about it. But there's oh, actually a country uh, in that has the ski soldiers, and they were like, they're, they're pretty famous. I think that'd be Nor Norway or Denmark then. Oh, Denmark because, sounds right. Because the Swedish and Civ have the Carolians and the Hippokalaka. Yeah, it's wild that they were like an actual regiment of ski soldiers, ski riflemen. Oh yeah, of course. The, the climate, ski riflemen. Well, yeah, the climate would need it. Like if it's like in the middle of winter and like you're fighting in like the periphery of Sweden in some areas, it would just be snow. <laughs> That's what the Germans should have done it in their advance into Russia. That would have been key. Oh yes, yeah, ski. Who needs horses? <laughs> Horses are lame. Uh, Marcus, I want you to trail back in time, just up as a German field marshal, practice your best German, and propose that very idea to Hitler right before the invasion. I, don't, I, want to, I just want to see how it goes. It's like horses, you know, horses are all right, but skis. <laughs> mein Führer, skis. <laughs> uh, he'd just be too drug addled to even notice. Everybody would just put the question mark ping on top of you. <laughs> what? Like, what, what, is, is what accent is that? Do you think accents... How much do you think accents have changed since oh, World War II? Probably, like, at least a little bit. Like, the way, like... I can imagine, like, people talk really different. Like, just how the style of language they say may be, like, a little bit different. But, like, for languages, they would probably be able to tell you're, like, not a native German speaker. Yeah, but I wonder because they probably would know what an American accent for German would sound like. But I wonder if they would recognize a 21st century American accent in German. Mm. Like, how much have our accents changed? I wonder. That's weird. It's a good question. Joe this Biden could fucking question. answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Joe, how much has the ac have accents changed in the fucking? I'm gonna round up to a hundred years you've been living on this planet. <laughs> fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> you just call one of our presidential candidates a dinosaur. Damn. Both of them are dinosaurs, dude. Oh they my are. god. It's insane to me. In the 70s. In their 70s. 77. <laughs> oh my god. I can't imagine doing. Like, that job at that age. Like, you need mm -hmm. to be. So on your game, I feel like, or you should hopefully should be so on your game, and there's no way you can be on your game at that age. Like, uh, even my dad brings it up, and he's like in his sixties. Like, he he brings it up sometimes when he's thinking about stuff. He's like, "Oh, John, I'm getting old." Like when he's trying to think about certain stuff, he always like takes a while sometimes. I can't even imagine what a seventy-seven year old feels like. At that point, you're taking your afternoon nap, and it's like a three-hour nap. And then you sleep for like twelve hours. You're only conscious for like five hours out of the day. <laughs> yeah, and and they're you're like probably... trying to muscle bills and stuff and campaign. You have to be drugged up to do something like that. Probably, honestly. That's that's a pretty common thing I've been seeing on the internet recently is Joe Biden was on Adderall or something. 
Like, oh, nice. I, I don't know. What that's, I have no idea if it's true. That's just what like the shit posting on the internet's been about. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they popped them on Eddie's. Keep them, keep them oh, alert. Oh, I love Eddie. What's the name? I love Eddie. Have you done Eddie? Yeah, I've done it a couple of times. I was actually prescribed it twice. Really? But yeah, it was giving me some adverse effects. It was just making me feel stressed out all the time, and it didn't really help me concentrate after taking it for a couple of weeks, so I gave up twice. Would you, would you forget to eat? I heard that's pretty common on that Adderall. Like you'll just forget uh, to eat for a long time. Not really. I just, I, I would know when to eat. I just wouldn't feel that hungry. One of my friends would forget to eat for like a day or sometimes even two when he was on Adderall just because like he didn't ever feel hungry. And he was like, he was really concentrated. And so he just was like crunching stuff out and didn't really notice. Yeah, I don't know. They can be potent. I feel like they're very different for different people. Some people like get... I've taken it occasionally, just like through a dealer or something, or a friend of a dealer, and wow, it feels great. Just just doing it one time and then not doing it again for several months. It's a horrible thing, though. John and I were just at a party where a dude snorted Addy. Oh, yeah. Do we ever tell you about I, that, May? No. Tell me about it. Yeah, so do you know... I don't uh, know probably don't say it. names. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's so uh, there, there's this okay, dude. Okay, so, tell me about DJ. Oh yes. So there was a guy B- named Charlie. BJ. <laughs> BJ Blaskovitz. Uh, BJ Bustanut. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, it was like I think he was saying how he needed to stay up to five a.m. And oh, we were like no. partying with like a bunch of people. Like uh, other people were there. Like Marcus is there, obviously, from him saying it. But then like, uh, like other people were there. And like, what was it? I like I was just so focused on talking for other people, and I think Marcus too at the time. And I just cut to the corner, and this dude just whips out a plastic bag of just red crap, pours it onto the counter, and he, he whips out the card. <laughs> he whips out the card. A credit card, yeah. <laughs> it start, starts doing the shit that I've seen in movies, and I'm sitting here like, oh, I know what's happening. <laughs> I thought it was oh, dead-ass no. cocaine, dude. No, no, save, dude. I'm, I'm fucking. I have no frame of reference for that shit. So like, I, I thought he was literally just whipped out cocaine, uh, and he was already. Uh, I don't even know how to react with alcohol, but he was already drunk too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he just whipped out the Addy, started crunching him up. I, mean, I can imagine it was uppers and downers, right? Like uh, booze is a downer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a depressant. Yeah, so basically, you should cancel each other out, right? <laughs> oh yes, yes. Have you guys ever done cocaine? No. Oh, no. Good God. Yeah. Have you hypothetically yeah, done, done cocaine? Yeah. I've, I've done it a couple of times before. Have you, you hypothetically? Not hypothetically. I've how's, done it. How's cocaine? It's fun. Is it? That's good. Yeah. It's like, it's like, um, you know, like how you drink too much caffeine, you feel like really, really good for like, 30 seconds and then you feel miserable afterwards like you feel all stressed out yeah actually and, i i noticed that <laughs> i like will like knock shit I, over a lot more 
Five it's like caffeine. it's like that, except it just makes you feel good. It makes you feel powerful and positive, or sometimes pissed off. That's what I've heard about Molly. Have you tried Molly? Yeah, Molly. Yeah, that one time when I was at that rave and this, I gave a dealer like five dollars, and he gave me like I don't know how many milligrams it was, but yeah, I cocaine, was so fucked up that night. Cocaine and Molly are different, right? They're different chemical yeah. compounds. Are they also yeah, different they're... than ecstasy? I think Molly and ecstasy are the same thing. I think Molly okay. is cut with more stuff, so. But I don't know. Gotcha. And then but, there's like a bunch yeah. of different names for ecstasy for like blends and purities and whatnot. Mm-hmm, yeah. But... Oh yeah, John. I should tell you the time when I, I when I was on Molly. That only that only that one time uh, I was telling you about it. The time when I went back to my friend's apartment, but I was also staying with Marcus at the time, and I decided to call him at like at midnight. I'm like, Marcus, bro, I'm on fucking Molly, man. You're like, I, I love you. Say, love you. I love you, man. You're like, I'm brother. I had a fucking <laughs> exam the next day. Something I remember I was like studying. <laughs> and I was like, all right, mate. That's nice. Thank you. <laughs> Good God. Call whenever you want. Hopefully not only when you're uh, on Molly, but you know. Hey, man. If somebody calls you while they're on Molly, that's significant, okay? <laughs> I, I just felt like I loved everything. I loved everyone and everything, and I felt so determined to get get some stuff done, to make an impact on the world. Hell yeah. Did you get stuff done? No. <laughs> the, next day, the next day, I, was, I wasn't depressed or anything, because it was only my first time, but... I felt like I just couldn't concentrate on anything. And you were on the downswing. Yeah, I was on the downswing. I was hanging out with you and your family. And I was just, like, burying myself in blankets and pillows. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was some good times. Snuggling with the the blanket. So how does the uh, Molly experience compare to uh, cocaine? Well, actually, I said it makes cocaine makes you feel all positive. Yeah, I'm going to retract that. It, it just makes you feel energetic. Like, really, really energetic for a short amount of time. Like you mm. could headbutt a bowl into the ground? Yeah, like that. Like, makes fuck your super... horns. I can just fucking crack your skull. I'm on coke yeah, right now. Fuck exactly. you. Just, just extremely hyper. But the problem is, it's like, you start to lose energy, and you're like, I want more. Mm. Give me another bump. That OD risk. Yeah. Addies just, like, are supposed to make you awake and, like, really hyper-focused, though, right? Yeah. Like, that one time, one time I was working on my design project, and you walked into the house, and you were trying to signal me. But then I just wouldn't respond. I was just so wired into my assignment that I was already oh, working yeah. straight. Yeah, that, that was, was weird. You just completely did not acknowledge my existence. Yeah, you and had to like pound on the wall just to get my attention. And I walked into the house too. Like I walked into the house, walked upstairs, and was like yelling your name and waving at you. You did have headphones in, in your defense. Yeah, and I was, like, listening to the same song for, like, 
five hours straight. Damn. I was listening to to uh, that one Witcher song, the one battle theme, the one that goes uh, silver for silver for monsters. Is it silver for monsters? No idea. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh my god. I've hardly played that game, but I still know that song. It's a good one. It's good. <laughs> it's memorable. I love it. The guy that snorted Addy's B- BJ All-Star. Um, BJ Blaskovich. <laughs> BJ Blaskovich. He, uh... <laughs> he got, like, he pretty much passed out right afterward, too. It did not keep yeah. him awake. He huffed it, turned around, asked if anybody else wanted some, and then I started talking to you Marcus watched something. I don't even remember. It was after our Roman memes, if I remember correctly. And then, like, he was just God. <laughs> and, then, and then we just asked the guy that was hosting the party, like, oh, wait, where? Like, oh, he's blacked out on my bed right now. <laughs> and then he was, he did eventually come out of it, but then he was, like, completely, he was still, like, foggy for the rest of the night. Like, he was not. He looked so dead. Yeah. He did not want to be there. <laughs> and it's, like, dude, he was, like, more crisp. In conversation, like when you were talking to him, he was a lot more responsive before. Mm-hmm. When he came out afterward, he was like completely zonked. Honestly. He was not. He was not responsive whatsoever. I, I think he was better off not snorting it. But uh, then again, I don't know how tired he was at the time. That's fair. Yeah. Are Addie's addictive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. know somebody who is addicted to them. Yeah. And he was, he was doing a really good job staying off of them. But one time he texted me saying how disappointed he was because he got high in Adderall the other night. Mm. But yeah, he was uh, he was actually my photographer. That the one time I did that photo shoot. Oh yeah, but, you're trying to model, yeah. right? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I just, I just did one photo shoot. I don't, I'm not really too interested in that, but. Yeah, I talked to him from time to time, but yeah, he he's doing his best to stay away from that stuff. But occasionally he gets offered it and he can't seem to help himself. Yeah. It also helps to stay away from people or situations that make it easy to access that kind of stuff. That's I mean, that's kinda, what he tries to do. That's how I've kind of uh, regulated my booze intake, is that... I don't go to parties very often. I still drink, but I don't put myself in situations where drinking is like uh, gonna happen as often, unless I like haven't done it for a while. Because I know that if I'm in a situation where drinking is happening, I'm probably gonna drink. Just cause. Yeah. So I just try and avoid the situations if I'm not in a position where I should be drinking. You know. It's a good thing to be aware of because, like, I think I, I've noticed like two things about me. I'm really addicted to phone games, so I, I completely avoid that crap. And I haven't drinking anything. Like, I don't really hang out with people that have ever done drugs. Like, may you tell me all this stuff? I've never experienced anything like that yeah. in my entire life. <laughs> the the most craziest thing I saw was the thing we experienced with BJ Blaskovich, which was the whole snorting the Adderall thing. Oh God! Yeah, I, <laughs> college. I've seen, I've seen LSD 
got some, some people that I know dropped oh. LSD in college. I have seen people really high before in college. I still remember uh, it was um, there was these two people that lived really, really close to my dorm room. And one of the girls on the floor walked down and she was like, hey, can you like help me get these guys out? Because they really need to like lay down and they're not they're not responding to what I'm saying. And we just walked in and uh, we were just trying to talk to the first guy. And we're like, come on, I got to go, dude. Like, this is in your room. People might get in trouble. Just come back later. And he's like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. And then the other guy, he's he's sitting on like a tiny stool, like kind of like a like a kid sized plastic stool. And he's just staring up to the air starts laughing like a maniac and just says guys i can't see oh my Holy god <laughs> just like oh my god are you okay what did he do you said i have no idea you don't I know. remember i really wish i remembered right now but i can't remember i i know someone that it was actually they had a similar experience but it was with weed so i kind of doubt that they couldn't actually see but they're probably just really fucking high that's what i was thinking for the other guy too because they ate a whole brownie and they didn't know that like they were made like quadruple strength. Like you were only supposed to eat a quarter of the brownies hmm. uh, and <laughs> they ate a whole brownie and they couldn't move. Like we were planning on going to a party that night, uh, like go out to a house mm-hmm. and that did not happen. Cause they're like, bro, I, there's no way I can walk right now. I can't even move my body. Like, and they were oh, no. mumbling too. Like they were hardly even moving their mouth. They're like, I, I can't even move my. I, <laughs> we're not going God. anywhere, man. <laughs> Just one hundred percent zonked out. It's wild. See, I can't do weed. I, I, I try to stay away. I, I, I stay away from cannabis. That's interesting because you've done cocaine. Yeah, weed. I've done. I like uppers, but I don't like. I don't like whatever cannabis does. Okay. Weed yeah, is classified. Weed is classified dead ass as weed. There's no drug like it, um, and mm. its effects on people are extremely variable. Weed is a very interesting drug, actually. From from my Psych 101 class, and also everyone that I've talked to, it uh, it's wild. Um, I know I've met this one pothead that was like really into it. He was a biologist and part of, part of his motivation for going into biology was actually just to learn more about weed. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's one of the only drugs that you become more receptive to it over time. Uh, mm-hmm. So that makes it weird for some people it can act as an upper for other people. It's a downer. Uh, it in some cases it is actually a hallucinogen. Uh, some people can have a, hallucinations on, while taking weed, so it's like extremely variable. It can pretty much fit into any drug category. So. Yeah, it makes me hallucinate. Really? Oh man, that's yeah, rare. It also makes it also makes me uh, disassociate because I start seeing my life in third person. Oh. And I get terrified of everything. Like, I, I have a full-blown panic attack 80% of the time when I smoke pot. Jesus. Yeah, it's, so, prob- yeah, it's I, probably not for I, you, then. I stay, I stay far away from that shit. Yeah, weed is, weed is an interesting drug. It definitely is. It, it, because in my, in my 
psych class that I took, they actually had all of the categories on the first day that we were, we were talking about uh, drugs. And it had its own category. There's actually a whole separate like subchapter in the drug section of the class that was just for weed because it didn't fit anything. Mm. It's very, it's a very strange one. Not gonna lie, your guys' description is making me want to try it. <laughs> you know, it's probably gonna be legal in our lifetime, and you don't really need to rush to try it. I don't think. But, I feel yeah. You you can probably wait or not. Honestly, it's not that big of a deal. But I, I would try, try it at some point. Do it with people you trust and that yeah. you like. Don't don't do it with people that you don't know or don't like. And don't try and buy it yourself. Honestly, I feel like yeah. You, get someone that knows how to get a hookup. Yeah. Um. My um. What is it? The one I, I did try it one time, but I feel like I feel like I wasn't doing it correctly, or like I think I was just too paranoid about actually going on a trip. So like I didn't like huff that much. I just did like a little bit just to like understand what it actually like smelled like or something. And then I just puffed it out. It's skunk. It smells like skunk. Weaker skunk. But I think it I lived with it. Really I lived with a dealer every year except for one of college. I lived with him. Oh. Um only marijuana though. Although on my freshman year there was a guy that sold he was actually the biggest on campus drug supplier of all kinds. He didn't just do weed. He would supply people with Coke, I think, and Addies and all sorts of shit. Um and he lived on the same floor as me and he actually got raided by the police. And Oh my uh, they don't need a warrant to enter your dorm for anyone interested in selling drugs on campus. Uh, they don't need a warrant to enter your dorm. Apparently, they do need a warrant to enter a locked uh, chest or vault if you have, or safe if you have one. And so they breached his safe without a warrant, and then he got off on all charges. Nice. Got off scot free because they opened his safe without a warrant. And it was locked. It needs to be locked. Otherwise, they can open it. <laughs> Amazing. It's time yeah. to get a save. I mean, if yeah, you're... Yeah, some advice to uh, any drug dealers out there who are, who are in college. Get a save and make sure you lock it. And pray the police are stupid. Yeah, pray the police are stupid. And don't follow procedure. Because uh, he, he got lucky as hell. And That's uber lucky. He got uber lucky. But I swear yeah, to God, cops must eat them. dude, in high school, they always taught us in like health class that weed was the gateway drug or whatever. And it was the scary drug. Uh, that is BS. If any, if there's any gateway drug, it's alcohol. Alcohol is the gateway drug. I'm with you there. If you're high on, if you're high on weed, you don't, you're good. You know, you're good where you're at. And if someone offers you another drug, at least as far as my experience with it's gone, it's like, nah, man, I'm good where I am. Like, I feel like there's just, like, the idea that there's a spiraling, like, staircase or whatever, I feel like it's just the wrong way of projecting it. Like, like, with alcohol, it's, I can see the analogy a lot more. Like, with weed, mm. you're not, like, I don't think you're very likely to just take another drug if someone offers it to you. If you're drunk, though, 
And someone's like, bro, this stuff is amazing. It'll make you feel real good. It'll make you feel real good. Oh, and that's you, what you mean. And you're drunk. You'll just be like, fuck, man, yeah, let's go. Oh, <laughs> okay. You're just yeah. so susceptible to people telling you what to do when you're drunk. It is usually when they say, the gateway, uh, man. Usually when they say gateway, though, they usually mean, like, you do it regularly, and then that will eventually lead to another drug you'll do regularly. Does, isn't that what usually the argument they're saying? Not yeah. Like, and what I'm saying is that if you go to house parties where there's alcohol, there will most likely be other drugs. And eventually, if you do it often enough, you will get offered those drugs. And if you're drunk, you're you're like you're far more likely to take those other drugs. So that actually oh, stepping stone is a lot more applicable to alcohol than weed, in my opinion. Because booze is the legal gate path, and then that could eventually mess your, in, mess with your inhibitions. Yeah, and weed doesn't necessarily... It, it doesn't function the same as alcohol. It doesn't make you... It doesn't necessarily make you more extroverted. It can for some people, but it doesn't necessarily make you more extroverted. It doesn't necessarily make you have a higher propensity for taking risks. Um, but alcohol does, and those both will get you into a situation where you might try a new drug. When you're on weed, you're chill, you know? Like, you're pretty good where you're at. You don't need to... You don't need to experiment. <laughs> but when you're on... When you're drunk, you're like, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do it for the boys. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and you're a lot more susceptible to uh, influence when you're drunk. And that's normally not associated with weed either. So peer pressure works a lot better on people who drink than people who are high. Man, college life. But weed's the scary one, so that's why they teach it in high school. Well, high school's a crock of shit. Dude, high school they taught us about Burgers Syndrome for smoking tobacco. Where, like, your fucking leg is gonna fall off or something if you smoke a cigarette. <laughs> Do you guys Burgers. remember that? Yeah, oh, man, I think I don't we were telling that. it last time. Oh, did we bring it up last time? Burgers right. Syndrome. Right, yeah, probably shouldn't re recap that then. Yeah. And then I could go on about the scare tactics used in health classes. Or, like, you're going to get a fucking... You're going to get, like, syphilis if you have sex once. They make sex <laughs> seem like you are instantly going to get a million STDs. It's like, damn. Health, my health teacher just thinks we're all incredible hoes. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually really paranoid about sexual activity because I'm like, oh no, I don't want to get AIDS. Dude, health class, that's probably health class's fault too, man. Cause they yeah, they really kind of drilled that. into you. It feels like my entire life, everybody just tries to make me feel scared about everything. Yeah, it's drilling in, drilling in all these anxieties and fears. It's... Fear is a very effective tactic, and up until the point that it's not. Yeah. And then as soon as it's not, all of the other uh, stuff that you've been influenced to do kind of goes out the window. Yeah. Because you realize you've been lied to. And then you're like, well, if they lied about that, they probably lied about everything. Heroin can't be that bad. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's how you get rebels. Sure. Yeah, that's how you get rebels. Exactly. So you get heresy. 
don't lie to people. It's not it's not a good strategy for long term success if you're trying to influence people's behavior. Lying. Fear mongering. Not... The the moment uh, one illusion from fear mongering breaks, then like May was saying, you'll start to question everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's not not the best. Unless you can back it up. You can fear works as long as you're not lying about the thing. And as long as you can quote unquote back it up. Like yeah, it has yeah, to yeah. be like a real backup, but if you can like visualize it in a way that it actually seems like a backup. Or if you don't have any information, you can always use this you know you can always use this tactic to say, Well, you you never know. Mm-hmm. I could be right. Yeah, that or... existential route only works for so long too though, I think. Yeah, never mind. It's a horrible tactic. That's what my mom used on me all the time. It's like, well, why can't I play in the front yard? And she's like, well, you know, there's somebody that can, like, drive up to our driveway and kidnap you. Like, we live in Eden Prairie, and this is a relatively safe neighborhood. And then she would be like, well, you never know. And that was, like, for every argument. Oh, Jesus, that's terrible. What is it? Um, uh... My my dad, we were watching a, like an R movie in theaters, and somebody was shooting up like heroin or something like that. I don't know what it was. It was it was an, it was just a syringe. And then my dad just looks at me. I'm, I'm like in like junior year in high school, I'm pretty sure, or sophomore year maybe. He just looks at me and goes, "Oh, John, you should get out. I don't want you seeing this type of stuff." And I just looked at him and went, "Dad, they show us this type of stuff in high school. <laughs> just like <laughs> like I already up. know what this is." <laughs> Yeah, those are like infomercials. So, if you ever want to do heroin, uh, this is step one. (laughs) Hi, my name is Heroin Man, and oh boy, is heroin good. Yeah, sometimes when I go downtown, I went to uh, one of those, uh, well, what do you call those? Those transgender meetings? Mm -hmm. Or... Like, one of those, like, like a, a support group, that's what it was. Yeah, I used to go to, I went to a support group a couple of times, and they had this one room that said, uh, like, a safe injection site. And then I'm, like, wondering, what the hell does that mean, safe injection site? Like, people oh. who are diabetic or, uh, I don't know, oh, hormones? But then, and then I go to other places downtown, and I would see the same thing, a safe inject- injection site. Honestly, it's... Oh, yeah, you want to keep going? Yeah, something with drugs. What was that? That's crazy. You can't seem to kick the habit because they might die if they stop taking a certain drug. Oh, dead ass, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's a lot of... uh, People don't give money to homeless people all the time because they're worried about them taking drugs or whatever. Um, Yeah. But some homeless people honestly would die without their drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, not it's just hom- <laughs> not just homeless people either. That, that was a gaff. That was a gaff on my part. But drug addicts can die if they don't take their drugs. So I don't know, because homeless yeah, people um... also know they know that they need to eat. So giving them money is not necessarily the worst thing for them. Yeah, and some people in the support group were actually homeless. Oh no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. What a sad world we live in. Honestly. 
it's kind of like um i don't know i'm, I'm kind of I, I feel like no matter how pessimistic i am about most things i'm still like somewhere in like a in like a pit in like a black hole somewhere in my heart i'm still kind of an optimist oh I, most part. I definitely i definitely am a lot of people will say something that's a problem and uh, just be like, basically like, oh, it's impossible. It's never going to change. And like, and you offer, even if you offer like an idea of how to start solving the problem, they're like, well, that's still like not going to hundred percent solve the problem. I think it's really easy. This is a phrase that my mom uses a lot, uh, letting the perfect murder the good. And I think that's a common, common, uh, it's actually a kind of logical fallacy too. I don't remember the name of the fallacy. Uh, but basically it boils down to letting the perfect murder the good, which means you, just cause you don't have a perfect solution doesn't mean there's not something that can be beneficial. And I think that leads to a lot of pessimism in our current age. The idea that, that it, if something's not a hundred percent what you want, then it's shit. Yeah, pretty much. Or if it, like, uh, climate change has a decent example, I guess. Um, there's steps that we could take to help reduce the effects of climate change, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then some climate change activists that are very doom and gloomy are like, well, what's the fucking point? Because we're screwed anyway. And the only thing that we can possibly do is the most drastic drastic approach possible you know like mm. outlying cars whatever like and anything short of that is garbage and unhelpful and uh, that, oh, that's see. letting the perfect scenario that they want murder something that would still be somewhat beneficial yeah i got you and i i feel like it's probably always been around but i see it oh. more and more you know it's more noticeable Basically, it's people have the mentality of, uh, I'm just rephrasing, people have the mentality of this problem won't stop, but, and there's no other solution except for this one, and that's to blow it up. Yeah, similar to that. I think, that it, right? yeah, that also fits into the pattern, for sure. Kind of like, my, my, stupid, my stupid neighbor's dog won't stop barking and I can't sleep. The only solution is to go kill it. Yep, or burn their house down, you know, just entirely. Or burn their house down. They might get a new dog. The only way to be sure is to nuke the site from orbit. Yes. <laughs> we must force them to leave. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the uh, partisan, uh, not just partisanship, but the extremism, you know, like the radicalization. Because yeah. It allows people to become more and more radicalized if there is no middle ground, you know. Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. If the if there's no faith in the middle ground anymore, or if they see that the things that they consider to be extremely important, or the political leaders are conveying it in a way that it's not working and that is extremely important, then you're bound to make more people push themselves over to the more extremes of both sides. It's just bound to happen because if they if they feel like the middle won't actually 
get the results they need to in any way, shape, or form, then then what else do they have to go to like kind of appease their own personal political demands? Yeah, incrementalism is dead. That's that's not it's that's a dangerous uh, viewpoint. But I bro, I don't like, even want to think about this election right now, honestly. Right. Well, like we were just talking about yesterday, the military-industrial complex and how big of a beast it is, mm-hmm. and that's one that's a topic that people are like it's impossible to solve and i don't know i feel like it's hard but i don't think it's impossible you know it's never impossible it's just it the idea is is that it becomes such a huge problem to tackle that the only real way you would either deal with it is if it completely collapses in of itself and then you pick up the scraps or like you have a concerted effort over like many many years yeah well and it's pretty much the <laughs> it's a pillar of our economy at this point that probably exactly. won't just collapse because it means the economy would need to collapse for it to collapse probably yeah it's so intrinsically important to how we currently operate that it really sh- it would be bad for it to just collapse it needs to be it needs to be incremental but uh, i think How's it's even function yeah a lot, a lot of it is like, well, it's there, so like we shouldn't even try fixing it because there's other things that we could fix. And it's like, I don't know. Mm, yeah, I see that a lot in a lot of topics. Honestly, I feel like that's a pitfall. <laughs> I'm gonna call it Raj, even though he's not here. It's a pitfall Raj falls into from time to time. He'll be like, ah, fuck it all. No, <laughs> yeah, but. It's an easy pitfall. It really is. Especially when you don't have an answer, it's easy to be like, yeah, there's no answer. Or even a first step. That's the thing. People look for answers, and it's better to look for first steps. Yeah, I think um, that actually ties to myself, honestly, because like, for, for a while, I just felt like I wasn't doing anything with my life. And then I realized that I should just really break down what I need to do for, in like really small steps. So I like just wrote little notes to myself like make your like make your resume i'll just write that at the bottom and then once you start like doing a little bit then you realize like oh wait this is solvable like it's just you gotta break the problem down to the actual steps you need to do and then the problem becomes visual you can see the progression yeah or even just looking at it for a while yeah and just start it's kind of like a knot like a really bad tangle Mm -hmm. the kind of the first step of getting a like a fishing line untangled is to just yank at loops for a while. And then you start seeing the knot, like the crux of the knot, and then you start exploring the knot and they can like fishing line can get really complicated. Uh, and then you need to start pulling on the different, uh, sections of the knot, you know, the different loops. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you can, it's an easy to untangle it. But it the answer isn't readily apparent until you tug on the strings a bit. I don't know. If that's a good analogy, but no, I'm kind of with you. I, like the analogy makes sense. It's by looking at the problem as a whole and not thinking and just taking a quick glimpse at it. It seems utterly impossible. But then, by just digging further, by really giving it the time it needs there is a solution and you can no matter how complicated it is, you can visibly see the progress once you start working on it 
And sometimes taking first steps, even if they're in the wrong direction, can reframe the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's honestly likely that your first attempts at trying to solve a problem could possibly make it worse. That's honestly likely for the more complicated problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why incrementalism is important. So you just try a little bit at first, test the waters and see if you're making things worse or not. Uh, and that also requires a lot of humility, which I think is lacking in our current discourse. But, For the most part, I agree with basically everything you just said. Yeah. How you feeling, May? <laughs> Calling you out. Okay. Doing okay? Doing great. You have any comments? Thoughts? No. I think we could honestly call it here. Yeah, we're we're actually at time, so I nice. think that, that was good. It was a pretty good session. Yeah. By the um, way, have you guys have you guys seen the new South Park hour long special? Oh God, no! Are they talking about the debate stuff? Yeah. Oh, well, no, they didn't get into that, but there were. It was they called it the pandemic special. Beautiful. It was basically another Integrity uh, Farms episode. Oh. Where Randy just... decides to cash in, cash in on the pandemic and sell its weed. All right. That is definitely time. But uh, in conclusion today, uh, pr- probably don't do too, too many drugs. I mean, that's uh, generally a decent thing to avoid. Um, if you do, be safe. And I hope you all have a great night. Day or whatever fucking time it is. If you get drugs, make sure it's made with integrity. Be with friends. Made in America. <laughs>